Welcome to the first uh, Jits Blues podcast. My name is Kelty. And, and I'm Marty. This is Marty. Yeah. Um, and we're blue belts. <laughs> Just blue belts. So we were kind of talking about starting a podcast generally about um, jujitsu in general, but we're blue belts, so it doesn't really mean too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so the experience of being a blue belt, stuck in the blue belt blues, if we've <laughs> even gotten to that point yet. Do you feel like you've gotten to the blue belt blues? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you yeah. got your blue belt in 2019, right? <sighs> yes, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like a couple days before a tournament, too. Yes. That I was expecting to go in as a more experienced white belt. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go clean up. And then our instructor, <laughs> Haas, decides to play, I don't know, play some games with me. And then. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he promoted me a couple days before the tournament. But yeah, 2019 was when I got mine and you got yours. I think. 2020. 2020? Yeah. Okay. Um, near the end of 20... Well, like, I think it was August, end of August 2020. Okay. Um, so I was lucky enough that I could train throughout the pandemic. Right. So I think that's the only reason why I was able to get my blue belt in yeah. 2020. Um, and that was your... Like, going back to that competition for a sec, because let's talk about this quickly, because... Our topic today, what we're going to talk about today is competition experiences. Because we just had one yeah. a few weeks ago, and we've got one coming up. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of being our major arcing, arching topic. So let's talk about, that was your first competition at Blue Belt. How many did you have at White Belt? I know we've talked about this, but I don't remember how many. Was it one. two? One. Only one. Oof. And it was like two stripe, I think maybe one or maybe two stripe White Belt. Um, I don't I don't know why like people say oh I'm a two stripe or a three stripe like it means anything. Yeah. I feel like at white belt it's a little bit more meaningful. Like I feel like yeah. when you get to blue belt you're just like we're all blue belts. Yeah. Like who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like at white belt it's a little bit more like there's a big difference between a no stripe white belt who just started 2 days ago and a four stripe white belt. Yeah. Whereas the gap between blue belt is still huge, yeah. But you're all at least doing jujitsu. Yeah, you know? I mean, like there's a handful of blue belts in our in our club that are we all have our two stripes. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything. That means there's levels. A two stripe blue belt can mean something very significant, or like, well, you just got your you just yeah. got all the days that checked off the boxes. Yeah. But to go back to the tournament, uh, yeah, only one at white belt. And it was a submission only one. It was a submission only, uh, yeah. And I think I had five or six matches. That's huge for your first day. Yeah. The most matches I've ever had in one tournament was six. Oh. And that is a long day. That is a long day. <laughs> I feel like now, or like usually on average, two, maybe three if you're lucky, is mm-hmm. kind of like, at least as a woman, yeah. probably what you're going to end up with. Um, if you are able to get, I feel like more than four, you're definitely getting your money's worth. Yeah. You know, when was your first competition? Uh, so my first competition, so I started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in January, 2019. My first competition was September, 2019. Okay. So you had a good chunk of, I think I had just gotten my third stripe on my white belt and I had two matches. Okay. And looking back, it was <laughs> really, it's always so funny looking back at like your previous footage. Cause you're just like, Oh my God, I'm a mess. Oh my goodness. I God. was going at the girl, like 
I was shot out of a gun, <laughs> like just yeah. plowing my way towards her yeah. with about this much, like uh, the most minuscule goal in mind of like, okay, I'm going to get the ankle pig and yeah. this is going to go. Like it went nothing like that. I totally messed up my takedown and uh, somehow managed to win the one on a submission and then won the second one on like points within the last, literally within the last three seconds, I got a pass. Okay. Wow. Do you remember how you felt going into that first competition? Were you nervous? I feel like your first competition, you don't remember very much about that day. You know, okay. especially like I remember stepping onto the mats. What happened on the mats was a complete blur. Yeah. <laughs> and then coming off of it, I felt like I had gotten hit by a bus. Yeah. I felt exhausted. Mm -hmm. My body was just so sore. Your forearms are on fire. Yeah. Like you've never experienced, especially if you're doing gi, like yeah. you've never experienced before. And so I, th I know going into it, I didn't feel great. Right. Like I felt, um, I was stressed for sure. Mm -hmm. I hadn't got a very good sleep the night before. Okay. Um, and so showing up that day, I was just like, I, the adrenaline was nuts. Yeah. But I felt like once I stepped onto the mats, I felt not bad. Did you do any research prior or ask other people, like black belts or purple belts, how to prep for competition? I want to say I don't think I really did. No? I think that my only real, because I had only really had maybe one or two interactions with competing yeah. prior to that. I'd never been to a jiu-jitsu competition before. Mm -hmm. But I remember that I had shown up at... Um, it was like at the end of class one time where you guys that were doing the sub ace were all training together. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was really, and maybe a couple of competition classes. Cause I think yeah. by how competition classes at the time, I think I'd gone to a couple of those and that was really all the interactions I had with competitions. I'd never been to one. I hadn't really had a conversation with somebody else about one before that. Yeah. Um, how about you? Did you feel like you did much research or like looked into it or I asked, uh, a couple people. I asked Haas and I asked a brown belt, uh, who was a purple belt at the time, his brown belt now, Chris. I just asked, well, how did you guys prep? And he's just, all I got was spar a lot. And Chris told me, eat certain fruits. He's like, eat fruit and eat nuts and eat, eat this. I'm like, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> Cause I, I, did what he, I did what he told me to do, but it did not help with the other thing that I was struggling with, which was the pre-comp anxiety. Yeah. Which you get really bad. I get so bad. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. I, I, we've talked about this before, yeah. um, but I, it does stem from growing up in a uh, hockey environment. And it was very much a like, okay, suck it up, pussy, and get back on, get on the ice, right. and it'll go away. Which it does. Sure. Like, it does go away, but that is not a healthy way to deal with this stress or the anxiety because uh, I was nervous going into my first competition, but it was like excited nerves of like, I don't know what I'm going to expect. Cause I remember we had to drive all the way to black falls and oh. I was by myself and it was a snowstorm and just all that stuff. So I didn't really know what to expect, but I was nervous and you're by yourself and you're the anxiety is kind of building up in your brain by yourself. That's to me, I don't like doing that. I don't like being by myself for pre-comp stuff. So the competition right after I got my blue belt, you were there and you saw yes. how bad my anxiety was. Yeah. Mine, I'm like headphones in, hood over, curled up in a ball. Like don't. I have this distinct memory of that day. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, if you've never been to a jiu-jitsu competition before, at least in 
Canada, where we live, they typically take place at sports centers where they'll play indoor hockey or whatever. Yeah. So you've got this like um, like indoor soccer rink where you've got your um, benches on the far side that your opponents sit at or mm-hmm. the ref sit at or whoever. And so Marty's sitting inside of there just like by himself with his headphones <laughs> just looking terrified and we're watching him from the other side and we're being like hey like, you good don't talk to me <laughs> he's like don't even look at me because <laughs> that when growing up in hockey like playing we played higher higher level hockey growing up i would sit in the corner of the dressing room put headphones in and i would uh, put my jacket or something over my head and like I don't want to talk to anybody I don't want to yeah. look at anybody and I want to cry <laughs> <laughs> But that specific competition I actually almost got up and left really before I even hit the mat. That's yeah. so funny. I was I, like, I'm like what the fuck am I doing here? Like I, I'm just gonna lose I'm gonna embarrass myself like all these negative thoughts come into my head I don't know where they came from, mm-hmm. but they just happened this last competition that we had in Calgary uh, I almost had zero of that going yeah. into that day. And I think it was a mix of, um, we had a big group go out. We had a very big group. Go out. We had, yeah. I think it was just, um, just under 20 competitors. Wow. It was maybe, it was between 15 and 20 competitors plus at least a handful of team members who weren't competing or were just there to support, yeah. which is something like we were talking about a lot of clubs don't even have their coach show up for them that day let alone have like an entire team that will show up for them and compete with them and then show up out of town when they're not even competing i think that's pretty that's pretty impressive it is and i'm a big team guy grew up playing team sports my whole life jiu-jitsu is a very interesting sport where it's a team, but once you get on the mat, you're on your own. Yeah. Like everybody can say and cheer and tell you what to do, but you're the one that has to do the work. You can't yeah. fade into the background. You can't blame losing on the goalie or that oh, our defense was terrible today. Like, no, it's all you. Yeah. And so part of that plays into my anxiety of like, I don't want to get embarrassed. <laughs> like there is a lot of people like you're naked in front of everybody. Yeah. Like you're basically naked. Yeah. But there's, like you have a t-shirt and some shorts on and you're going to, there's get... only a thin layer of <laughs> spandex between yeah. you and the rest of the world. Exactly. Yeah. And I have such respect for my teammates and our instructor, like all the time and effort that he's put into me in my head. I'm like, I can't let this guy down because I, I respect him <laughs> and he's probably going to beat the shit out of me if I lose. That's my, that's my thought Maybe. process, but it's not going to happen. But going out with a huge team that was so supportive and I shared uh, an Airbnb with three couples. Mm-hmm. So there was like six or seven of us there and I didn't have a chance to have a pity party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a chance to dwell. I didn't, yeah. We just hung out, watched movies, ate food together and just talked about a little bit about the competition, but yeah. most of us kind of wanted to keep our mind off of it. Yeah, yeah. And that helped a lot. And then going into the competition, the yeah, you're gonna get nerves regardless, but it was far less uh, crippling than the first one, yeah. which was 2020, I think, or 2019. Oh, I think it was the 2019. first one at your blue belt was 2019. 2019, yeah. so there's a two, almost a two and a half year gap um of the last competition which is but how much were we training yeah in that time gap with covid and all that kind of stuff so i was surprised of how well i did 
So you did very well. Would yeah. you like to tell the people at home? Yes, I have two gold medals. <laughs> so how many matches did you have? Because I only saw a handful of your gi and no gi. I don't think I saw everything. Two gi, two no gi. Oh, that's a pretty good. Yeah, it was it was okay. Yeah, yeah I was happy. You feel I, like you like earned something, and then you don't end up with this like pity medal. <laughs> Yeah, the pity medal, lose. like you lose all of them. You, you still, lose all of them. You yeah. still get like a medal. Exactly. Sorry, Corey. You still feel like, you, oh, <laughs> no. You, but you feel like you worked for something, you know? Like in jujitsu, there's that big joke about like, you got silver in the two-man division. Yeah. It's like, great, I got silver. Yeah, but you're still a <laughs> first-place loser. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like even going out to Calgary, driving out, I actually my anxiety was kind of bad i actually cried like to myself Corey's my wife is next to me and her friends in the back they're talking and i'm just like <laughs> did anyone else in the car know you no were one noticed i kept it to myself it was like a couple tears and like a little, a little bit of an anxiety attack and then i got over it yeah but all i all i wanted to do was win one yeah like in my head i'm like i have a couple hail mary uh submissions that i'm gonna go to if i'm in trouble other than that i'm just gonna see what happens mm -hmm. So I ended up doing far better than I thought I would. And uh, I thought it was really good for my confidence. Right. Because, because you in, struggle with that so I much. I struggle with uh, It's funny. For <laughs> I'm how, making fun of you a little bit here. <laughs> how loud but, and arrogant yeah, I, know, I actually like, am. Yeah, yeah. Confidence in co competition is different. It is. And I think there's also, there's levels to confidence in general. Like you can be somebody who's very confident in one way. You're very outspoken. Mm -hmm. You speak well in front of crowds. Um, but in other ways, that might not be there the same way. Yeah. And I found that jujitsu really exposed that flaw in me. Right. Where I'm confident in certain areas, but when it comes to being you know, judged, or you're in the public eye, or you have peers that you know are just as good as you or better. Mm -hmm. You want to impress them and all that kind of stuff. That brings out a different side of your confidence and it can either cripple you or it can make you better. That's true. Yeah. And Jiu-Jitsu is really interesting because it's, like you said, it's you're this individual, even though you're part of a team and you're part of something bigger, It's mm -hmm. there's nothing really between you and everything else. Um, and so when you're in that competition, it can also feel like, like, I feel like, okay, so when you're playing soccer, when you're playing hockey, obviously everyone has their own style. Mm -hmm. You've got your position that you play. Yeah. Um, but jujitsu is this thing that, and we're just sort of both in the very early stages of it, but it's yeah. something that you like create for yourself as well. Yeah. There's many different ways to play jujitsu mm -hmm. if you're playing it as a sport. Obviously, it's a martial art. It's a self-defense. There's, It's a combat sport, but there's many different facets of it that, yeah. depending on what you put your time and your effort to and where your skills lie, becomes really personal. Yes. And it goes deeper than that, too, because, I mean, how many times have you had a crappy day or you're having a crappy week, something's going on, and you go to jujitsu, and instead of feeling better, you just feel like everything that's going on in your life just got magnified. Yeah. And it's not only are you experiencing whatever you're experiencing like in real life, but you're also for some crazy reason experiencing that reflected back to you on the mats. I've had both of those happen. I've had that happen and the polar opposite happen where you're having a shit day or a terrible week or whatever. Things are on your mind. You can't, you're, you're just stressing out and you go to jujitsu and then you get your ass handed to you. Yeah. And that's just the icing on the cake. Right. And <laughs> yeah. Like, some people quit because that's of that true. one day. But you can have the opposite where you just, you go in, you're having the worst day and then you roll and you destroy everybody. You, you 
you pick up the technique of the day, you pull it off in sparring, that can also have a polar opposite effect where you're just your confidence through the roof. Everything that was bothering you earlier in that day doesn't really matter. Yeah. Or you're not worried about it. You're like, okay, I can, I yeah. can pull through, right? Like, yeah. So, but yeah, that those days where you get your ass handed to you. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> oh. But man, those are the really, jiu-jitsu. What is it? You either win or you learn. You or win you or, you, or you, learn. you win. Yeah. You either win or you learn. You either win or you learn. Yeah. Which um, I think is like huge in competition, especially. Like it's one thing to get your ass handed to you at the club. Nobody likes that. Yeah. But when you step onto you're competing and you get your ass handed to you, you're just like, oh. Yeah. Like Oof. my first competition. You reminded me when I was when I was texting you before the competition, like I'm freaking out, and you said you got choked out in less than ten seconds in front of everybody. <laughs> How much worse can it get? And I was like, you got a good point. But yeah. that's what like I feel like once you've like once you've had that initial loss, mm. um, you're just like, oh, that's not so bad. It's not as bad as you think. It's really not as bad as you think. It wasn't as bad as you think, and obviously you don't want to go back there. You don't no. want to have those feelings. But you learn, you're like, oh, I didn't die. Yeah. Everybody still likes me. I yes. still have friends. Yeah. And I'm still welcome back Huss to the club. Huss hasn't <laughs> disowned me. Huss hasn't disowned me. That's the, that's the thing I'm most yeah. worried about. Um, Huss is our professor. <laughs> yeah, Huss is our professor. Yeah. He's also my partner, full disclosure, yeah. but just so that we're all clear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like having that happen to you is so good for your ego and it's so good for your progression. It is. Because um, that was my... I, I won blue belt division right after I got promoted, which yes. was, I was like, oh, I couldn't believe I, I won. Yeah. And then I go to the open and didn't realize I was in the open. And what I do looked, you mean you didn't realize that you were in the open? That specific competition, if you won, you got entered into the open. Automatically? Yeah, automatically. What? And no, I because know. I won and I didn't get entered into open. It, somehow it happened. Okay. And I got thrown in there and it was no gi and I'm wearing our club gi and our club gi is very uh neutral it's black and yellow or a club rash guard yeah our club rash yeah. guard it's very neutral it doesn't have ranks or anything yeah. like that and so i look across the mat and there's this guy wearing a hayabusa black but it's brown sleeve and i'm like oh, is this guy a brown belt <laughs> and he, well, he was like 240 pounds he's a big dude he was a big dude and i <laughs> i was like what am i doing here and then so match starts and we hand fight for a little bit and then we kind of grab onto hands like almost like a mercy fight and yeah. then I felt how strong he was. I was like, Jesus, I'm like, I don't want to touch him. But then as soon as that happened, cause like tell everybody what happened next. And what happened next in my head, I'm like, fuck, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to lose to this guy, but yeah. I need to, I need to take him down. Cause I don't want to get taken down by him cause he's too big and too strong. Mm -hmm. And I was like, F it, let's just see what happens. Yeah. And then I went in for a double leg and I took him down like hard. Yeah. And he told me after, he's like, I was not expecting that. He totally got me. And I was like, oh, sweet. It was a great takedown. It was a great takedown, but I rushed it and I totally gave him my neck. Yeah. But he's a brown belt and he's so much superior at grappling than I am. And he just sunk it in. He didn't panic at all. He no. knew what he was doing. And he sunk that choke in so tight. My throat was so sore for like two weeks. I thought I, thought I was sick. I think he bruised my throat. Oh. It, it was bad. But you learn. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Now I know. Okay, watch the video, you critique it. Totally. Yeah. So having that happen, well, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. You learn a lot. And then this competition where I won two gold medals, I didn't lose one match. I won them all by sub. Mm -hmm. um, 
last April, I tore my ACL and I've been having some pretty bad back issues for the last few years. So I was very like, Ooh, how, how hard do I go? Yeah. Am I going to get hurt? I didn't compete last competition because of fear of getting injured. So winning all the matches by sub, that, what is that saying you either win or you learn? Yeah. Well, I won, so what did I learn? What I learned was <laughs> what I'm doing is working. Yeah, exactly. What Haas yeah. is teaching me and how I'm doing it and how he's helping me and how the club and the team is helping me progress at my own pace now because I can't go as hard as I was before right. my injury. Right, It's working. Yeah. That's what I learned. So, and you did very well too. You Did you win gold and silver? I got gold and silver. Yeah. I got gold in Nogi, okay. um, which is only my second time competing in Nogi. So that was cool. That was incredible. Um, yeah. And then I got silver in uh, Gi. I won my first match. I lost my second match. Okay. So. What did you lose? How did you lose your second match? I got uh, armbarred from close guard. And that's one of your she bread. She pulled close guard. That's yeah. one of your bread and butter moves. One of the, I do, yes, yeah, that, do. <laughs> that I do. That do. So having it done to you sucks, but cause yeah. you know, but um, yeah, it was like, um, yeah, just the better one that showed yeah. up that day. Yeah, she was a bigger, uh, she was moved into my weight division, which is like no excuse. Like I, she was moved in, like I had one girl moved up into mine and I had a girl moved down into mine. Okay. So I was the only one at light. And then I had um, like a girl from either side. How did you win your first match? Uh, Americana. Americana. Mm -hmm. okay, from Americana from triangle. from a mounted triangle. Oh right, <laughs> right. We'll have to pull up the video oh, somehow because so that was that was frustrating to watch. There's a video of me, and I like I've thought about posting on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm very hesitant to do it because I don't want to give the wrong idea of like who I am as a competitor and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but how this match went down is I ended up uh she got me in a really good Kazushi. I pulled straight into close guard. And very quickly after that, got the triangle. She was doing a really good job defending it. So um, I think I ended up grabbing her, hooking a leg and sweeping her over. Right. She managed to get back up to her feet. I still have the triangle this whole time. I grab her pant leg, sweep her over top again. At this point, I can hear everyone saying, where's the sweep points ref? Because yes. it wouldn't be mount. I wouldn't get my mount points because it was a mounted triangle. I had right. one arm in, one arm out. But I wasn't getting the sweet points. So I was down on two points, even though I basically dominated yeah. most the last, you know, few minutes of the match. Minutes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, so I look up at the scoreboard and I'm like looking for the ref and I'm like, where am I? Like, do I not get sweeping points? What about yeah. the sweep points? And he's like, oh no, you were already in this position. But I'm like, okay, but the time before, like, yeah, I did this a full before. Full conversation mid match. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is like something that on my first competition, I don't think I would ever have the um, composure to do. Yeah. And like, it's funny because I, I'll often talk to Haas during my matches. I find that so <laughs> hilarious. And how confident are you to be in a top position or a bottom position, know what you're doing and still have the, the wherewithal to talk yeah. to your coach? Well, part of it is too, is that like, I can't hear very well. Right. It's, so like I'm I'm losing my hearing a little bit. Okay. Um like I haven't got to see a hearing doctor, but like it's it's starting to Oh no. So it's like a lot of the times he'll be yelling at me and I can't hear what he's saying, so I'm just trying to clarify what's going on. But yeah. that's a different different story. So yeah. anyways, after I realized that the ref was not going to give me any 
points for anything. I was like, fine, yeah, I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. like dig for like anything. So I finally got the arm and then just went straight to the Americana. I don't like winning by points. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like a win to no. me. Granted, I'll take I'm, it. I'll take it. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like a win to me. You know what's even worse than ripping winning on points? Advantage. <laughs> Rough decision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a match that's gone to rough decision? No, I haven't. I don't even know how that would happen. Like, no, kinda, no one has points or what? No one has points, yeah. And who decides? How does the ref decide? Whoever seems to have, like, dominated the most of the match ends up usually winning. <sighs> so, yeah. So that sucks. That's a that's a crappy one to do. See, jiu-jitsu is a very interesting sport because the point system varies depending on what tournament you go to sometimes. It does. I find... Especially most local tournaments, you're under mm. IBJJF rules. Right. And I'm a big... I love submissions. I love yeah. chokes. I love arm bars. I love that kind of stuff. So submitting... If you make somebody quit, that's a win. I agree. In my, in my opinion. Like, points are cool. It's nice to sweep people. Yeah. Um, but you can sweep people all day. And if you stall, did you even win? Yeah. So... Going back to talking while competing, <laughs> you're on top or you're on the bottom, whatever position that you're in. T tell me how that feels going from one competition, don't even remember what yeah. happened, it was a blur, to now you're so composed and having that ability to have a conversation with your coach. How does that feel? Um, it's like when I look back at it, like, because I here's the thing that I think I need to make clear is that I still experience nerves. Yeah. Like, and I get people, because at this point I'm... Um, in the next couple of months, I'll be at 10 competitions total. Wow. I'm at seven right That's now. That's so impressive. It doesn't feel like a big number, you know, like, but I mean, considering that we lost a year of competition yeah. because of the pandemic, it's like, all right, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that number. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little off topic here, but I remember during COVID, I would have actual dreams of competitions and I still have to do just dreams quite mm -hmm. often, but yeah. I was having competition dreams regularly. Yeah. And I decided that when I would have the opportunity again, that I was going to take every opportunity I possibly could to compete. Yeah. And I've done that so far. It's exhausting at times. I There's bet. times where I'm just like, I just want to take a couple months and like work on my jujitsu and play around with some stuff and mm -hmm. not have to worry about it. But at the end of the day, I think any opportunity that you take to compete and step out there is worth taking. Like realistically, I always kind of remind myself, I'm like, okay, if I wasn't at this competition today, I would still be doing jujitsu. Yeah. So I might as well show up. Right. So, so I think like, just, I want to make that clear. Like I still experience mm -hmm. nerves when I'm competing. Now I feel like the more that you do it, the more that you get used to that feeling and you don't get the same adrenaline jump dump that you do yeah. the first few times that you step onto that mat. So now I can kind of feel like for better or for worse, I have this ability to like take a breath and to put more thought into my jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I try to anyways. Yeah. Um, and to take time to like set things up and be aware of what's going on. Um, so talking to like, you know, the ref or my coach during it, like I feel like that really started happening for me um, at not this past competition, but the one that I did before that okay. where I was having a very off competition. I did fine, yeah, but I was just not in the right headspace. I picked up the competition, like I signed up maybe a week or two before. I had just gotten uh -huh. COVID. 
or gotten over having COVID. Um, I had no idea where my cardio was at. I had no idea if my lungs were affected. And so I was nervous going into that. Mm -hmm. And it definitely showed. Like I won my first match. Right. I won my second match. And so I realized I was going up for gold and I started rushing stuff. And then I was like frustrated with myself because I ended up with silver because I rushed and dove for a stupid sub that I shouldn't have dove for. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like upset at myself and now I have to go for nogi. And I'm just like, and then I get subbed out my first nogi match. And so then I had, I ended up going up for, I won my second one, I think, and I ended up going up for bronze. Okay. And so by the time that I got to that point, I was just so sick of the day (laughs) (laughs) that I was just like, listen, Mm. I'm not letting any more of this shit get to me. I'm just going to go and do my thing. And it was against, um, I like a girl that had quite a bit of weight on me. Okay. Didn't end up getting the sub, but I ended up winning on points. I ended up taking her down. Right. Yeah. That was a solid takedown. Yeah. And it was like, you made a few attempts to take her down. Yeah. I got her on the back twice. Yeah. Um, and then, um, got my second attempt at a knee tap and ended up getting my takedown points. How did that feel? Taking some, somebody so Oh man, that was like, that was the only time that day that I really felt like myself as a grappler. Yeah. And if you, if you do the sport enough, you know what that means. Yeah. That point where you kind of like, you're in this real flow state, you're on top of things, mm-hmm. you're playing your game and you feel good. Yeah. That was the only time that I really felt that way during that day. Right. And so that's where I think I started getting the confidence to be like, what position am I switching into? <laughs> what? Yeah. Mount? Um, and then after that competition, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get, allow myself to get in my head again right. like that. So going into this next one, I was just like, all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I think eventually to be a successful competitor, and I don't necessarily mean successful as in like winning everything, Mm -hmm. but successful as in showing up and being able to show what you've learned. Yeah. You have to be able to eventually not care if you win or lose. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I don't like, and I mean, maybe somebody can argue with me and like, you can come in with this like mindset of like, I only accept wins and like, good for you, Betty. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have the mental capacity to only accept Those wins. Those are the same kind of guys I think I would just stand up if a smaller black belt got on. To a certain extent, I don't know what they think, but that's definitely like a you, frustrating kind of mindset. You sent me, I'm going to read it off here. You sent me a list. I did send you a list. The day before, the two days before competition, because I was freaking out. Yeah. I was, <laughs> how, like, you know, because um, Corey and I, my wife and I have been married for almost 10 years. And it's so funny how when you've been with somebody so, so long, they know something is wrong. She's like, your breathing is off. Are you okay? Like, I'm <laughs> she like, just Damn, knows. Girl, you know me. She's got spidey she's senses. She's got spidey senses. She's like, your breathing is off. What's going on? Are you yeah. having an anxiety attack? Because we're very open with that type of uh, conversation. Yeah, you guys have a great relationship. Yeah. And she's like, what is up? And I'm like, I'm freaking out. She's like, you're better than me. She's like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're no help. So I messaged you. And I messaged Haas and uh, you both have sent me great stuff. But before the competition, you said, uh, trust your jujitsu and your training. That's something, um, trust your training is so important. Like mm-hmm. based on like, doesn't matter what career you have, what job you have, when you get stressed and you, you're, there's deadlines or there's 
things coming at you and you have to react quick and you have to make good choices and good decisions like trust your training yeah that is so important no matter what you do remember that the other person is just as nervous Mm -hmm. that's it's so funny because I didn't, you don't know the other person is nervous until you grab onto them and they grab onto you and you feel them shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, be the thing that they're scared of instead of the thing that's scared, that's scared of them. That's a good one. Set the tone as soon as you step on the mats. That is a statement that my hockey coach always told me. He's mm. like, you're the captain. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, you do this and you do this get out onto the ice first shift and set the tone yeah and what that meant was go out there and lay somebody out like lay <laughs> yeah. the hit make them scared of you yeah and that they cannot mess with you that's a great one like a good takedown a good like just looking straight yeah. at them and not looking away like just stuff like small things like that is really good for battling that anxiety mm-hmm. fear is just an emotion Mm-hmm. Oh man, is that ever, and fear is a choice, really. Like you, you can choose to let it cripple you or you can use it to become better. Yes. It'll only affect you if you let it, is what you told me. And remember that everyone is lost. This isn't the end game. This is the only step. This is only a step in the biggest journey. Visualize when you step on the mats, play your game, plan to finish in your head. Wow, I'm so smart. You are smart. You <laughs> I'm need to like, be a wow, motivational is... <laughs> speaker. Like, we need to print that off and give that to white belts. <laughs> here's so, your guide. Yeah, here's to your feeling guide. Feeling less shit when you're in competition. And then the last thing you said, you one more text. You said, "Fear is the mind killer, bro." Do and, you know where that's ooh, from? No. That's from Dune. Dune. Oh, really? Yeah. Fear is the mind killer. That's interesting. And if you, if you know Dune and you know the reference, it's yeah. the, the, I believe it's called the litany of fear and it, it goes on yeah. and on and talks about, you know, where you're, once the fear has passed, you'll look, you'll turn the inner eye to the path that the fear once was and there will be nothing. Wow. It's pretty powerful. So the, and that's like a sci-fi like yeah, type yeah. movie or book. Wow. Um, so with all of that, <laughs> what was your pre? What's your pre-tournament or pre-game ritual? So I feel like I don't have a huge amount of rituals. I always have this idea in my head that I'm gonna really pump myself out and listen to music and everything. Yeah. And then now I feel like I get to a tournament and I've got 16 things that I have to do and yeah. some fucking white belt to chase down. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Go warm up. So, some person from some random club at like that I've just offered my Tylenol to. So <laughs> yeah, which is like kind of funny because I feel like this is a bit off topic, but I feel like I've I'm kind of like competition mom when I show up. Yeah, you are. Because like, yeah, I come with everything, yeah. and that's part of like my day before I get my bag packed and I I try to bring everything that I might need that day. So. Yeah. I've got my Voltaire and my tape, my like Tylenol day cold and sinus and like naproxen. Like I've got like scissors and nail clippers. Like I try to have whatever I can to feel the most prepared and the most on top of my stuff that I can that day. Because I hate showing up and feeling like you're a mess. You know, like I like feeling collected and when I step onto the mat. So I've got my hair braided. I've got my bag packed the night before. I've got a playlist usually made. Okay. I'll usually, I find the last few competitions, I've really not listened to music. Really? Yeah. Maybe like a little bit during the day. Like I'll try to find some time to like stretch off to the side and listen to a song or two, but not like I did when I first started competing and I really get myself like hyped up. Yeah. Um... 
I've started doing and like <laughs> it's weird to talk about but this is what we're here for but mm -hmm. like have you seen the like some competitors do it where they like they slap themselves down right before they step on the mats yes I've started I've doing, doing that, that. Yeah. yeah it's like it's nice it kind of gets you like a little bit psyched up because I kind of felt like you know when you're about to compete and you feel just like naked and disconnected from reality yes. and you're just kind of like this floating being onto the mats. I have like a haze. I feel like yeah. I'm behind a haze. Like I'm not really awake yeah. and I'm not really there. And you know you're just going to go through so much physical contact within the next 10 seconds. Yeah. So that I feel kind of like gets me a little bit like, okay, this is my body. Yeah. We're good to go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so I've started doing that. Um, as soon as I step onto the mats with my competitor, I slap hands immediately. Okay. I slap hands as we're walking over to the ref. Okay. So that I don't have to fuck around with it once yeah. we're good to go. Okay. But and that for me is part of that setting the tone a little yeah. bit, but yeah. it's also for me. <laughs> so one of my first matches in competition, cause I've always very much had the mindset that like when you slap onto the mats, it's go time. Yep. And there's a huge debate I find within, um, and I don't really want to get into it in this episode, but like within MMA culture, but like, should you touch gloves in the octagon, the ring, the whatever you're doing, or should you be ready to go? Yeah. And I was just like so focused and so dialed in. Like I, like I said earlier, I was like, I was shot out of a gun at this poor girl. Yeah. Um, that she went to slap. <gasps> and I just oh, kind of no. like, slap up, let's go. <laughs> You did that big move. Oh. But I like I wasn't even thinking because I was just so ready to go off the hop. Yeah. And it was really funny. And I'm not gonna name the name of the club, but it was funny because like a few days later, that club posted a meme about like at this club we slap up before oh, we start. They did not. And I don't know if it was pointed towards me in competition, oh, wow. but somebody sent it to me and was like, haha, this is about you. <laughs> That is so like, funny. Yeah, so now every single time before I even do anything else, as soon as I step onto the mats, I slap in with my opponent on our way that we're walking over to the ref. Okay. Then when the ref sees us, he knows that we've already slapped in. When he says, come back, <laughs> come back. we yeah. can go. Okay. That's how I like to do it. Okay. What's your pre-game go-to song? Depends. Hype up song. It depends. It depends? Yeah. What was it this last competition? You know what it actually was? It was that prospect song that I used for the um, the hype track that I did of us, the the reel that I did of, of the oh, club. Oh, okay, that's a good it's song. by uh, it was prospect by Ian Dior featuring Lil Baby. Oh man, I think it was a good, yeah. that's a good song. That's so, a good song for that whole mixtape that you made. Yeah, yeah, so I think that like that's part of why I edited it with that one because it was just so hammered into my head. Mm -hmm. um, I, just for context, I did a highlight reel of us at our last competition of the whole team where I kind of filmed some behind the scenes stuff, yep. some medals, some matches, and I edited it all together to, um, to that song. So that's part of why I chose that song is because it was like so stuck in my head for the day yep. that it just felt very in tune with the the pace of, you know, yeah. that experience. Do you like rolling to music when we're training? I love it. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. I love Friday nights when, because for context, our jujitsu gym, we share a space with a bigger gym um, where there's a lot of weightlifters, powerlifters, CrossFit people. 
we have our jujitsu area walled off, but there's a, a window and a door that people can walk by and look in and see what we're doing. And our instructor Haas has invested a lot of money in the sound system. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, rightfully so, because when he cranks up the music, it's kind of gets distracting sometimes with people walking by yeah. um, while Haas is instructing. It does get distracting. But when he turns the music up, we select our matches and sparring or what we call randori starts. There's zero distractions. You're in the zone. Yeah. And it just feels like there's nothing else that's happening around you other than you're on the mats and the music going and you're having a good time. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a better Friday night than going out and partying. And I just oh, get, for sure. I yeah. get such a high off of that. And you feel, I don't know, it's just a... It's a better feeling than I've ever had on a Friday night, is that. It's when you're in that place where it's you're the only one able to defend yourself. Yeah. And you're not worried about your personal safety. Yeah. Because we trust our training partners and mm -hmm. jujitsu has things in place to prevent us from, you know, not being able to walk. Yeah. <laughs> the next day yeah <laughs> you know yeah. like it has ways of like protecting us that has been built into it it almost becomes uh like a form of like i don't want to say meditation i don't feel like that's the right comparison but right. it it's almost like that meditative flow state where it's like your mind is just focused on that because you can't be focused on anything else yes if you... you're distracted you're not going to succeed exactly and you need to know i remember starting as a white belt i'm i felt like remember that movie uh talladega nights yes where ricky bobby is being interviewed <laughs> and he's like oh, i don't know what to do with my hands yeah remember that as a white belt and first starting i'm like what do i do with my legs <laughs> like where do they go yeah like we're in side control and then this is happening flow starts going like where, where do my feet go how do i yeah. know how yeah. do i know what my feet are doing yeah and now as like blue belt and moving up in the ranks your body awareness is so in like it has to be on point yes or you're gonna yeah. get hurt yeah or you're gonna hurt your partner if you start doing back steps and your partner moves zigs when they should have zagged or you're doing going left instead of right. If you're not aware of your surroundings, you might step on your other people's faces and things like that. So having that controlled chaos yeah. is so, I like, you and I've had this debate. Is it therapy? Is it therapeutic? Is it meditative? Oh, that is a conversation for a <laughs> different podcast, it is. sir. <laughs> we'll not get into it too much in this one, but it is a zone. Yeah. It completely is a zone. Um, and I think one thing that's like really interesting about that is that like it gives you this like quietness almost to a certain extent. Yeah. And one thing I think also that we should talk about, because you mentioned like um, you know, at white belt, you're, you're learning the basics, you're learning body mechanics, you're learning this. And I think that's one thing, like if we're talking about competition again, that is interesting to touch on because yes, the skills between like a brand new white belt and an, a four stripe white belt is, can be huge, yeah. but white belt is this place where it's like, you're learning the basics. Mm -hmm. You're learning jujitsu and some people might disagree with me, but you're learning jujitsu against people who don't know jujitsu. Yes. Blue belt is almost what it feels like is like you're starting to learn how to do jujitsu against people who do jujitsu. You're as a white belt. I, heard, I listened to a good uh, comparison. It's like as a white belt, you're learning letters. Mm. 
once you get some stripes into Bluebell, you're starting to learn words. And now you're putting some sentences together. Interesting. I like that comparison. That is. So when you get to Black Belt, it's like you're writing a novel. You have, you know a full language. Yeah. You can write a book. You can write a novel. You can write whatever you want. You can make your own style of a book. But from what I've heard as a Black Belt, now you're learning a whole new language. Yeah. So at Blue Belt, I'm just putting words together. Yes. And But there's such a huge difference between what I didn't know ABC. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool to see. Because um, when we we have two separate classes at our gym, we have the beginner's class, which is called uh, Foundations, and then more of an intermediate class called found, uh, Fundamentals. Very confusingly. Very confusingly. <laughs> two Fs. It's so confusing. Um, but there is a huge difference between the skill level and the amount of people that show up in one class versus the other. Um, and you see it. You see the spazzy part of white belt life versus the blues and the purples and the browns that show up to yeah. the other classes. Last week we were learning the beginners classes. They were learning uh, the basics of a cross collar choke from back. Oh, the sliding collar. Yeah. The sliding collar. Yeah. And it's so, it's a great choke. It's a great beginner uh, choke to learn, but walking around while they're doing some situational sparring, Every thirty, like three to five seconds, you're hearing, yeah. oh, like not tapping, not knowing when no. the, where the limit is, yeah. not knowing. Well, am I gonna pass out yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff. It's funny to go back and see. Oh yeah, I remember being like that. Oh totally, yeah. And, and then training with those white belts, like not even one stripe. I left that day and my neck was so sore. It, it's more sore training with white belts than it is training with brown belts. It often can be. Yeah. It often can be. Because they know. They know the limits. Yeah. yeah. And brown belt is also like your, your game becomes so complex mm -hmm. that it's there's so many levels to everything that you do that it's like you can almost just like wrap somebody up in a little and <laughs> a little yeah. nasty back take and they don't even know what you happened to them you don't on. even know it's yeah. just like even rolling with like brown belts as a blue belt and black belts you're just like oh what just happened yeah like i when i roll with our black belt Haas, he's i'm physically taller physically stronger than him and that doesn't mean anything yeah and when we get to the ground even standing he up, is getting very strong though he's i have to strong. i do have to interject and say that yeah, he's, he's getting been, stupid strong he's been hitting some yeah. weights and he's lifting heavy yeah but and we're not talking about when we when we go he'll let me do whatever i want and then he'll be like okay you're cute all right yeah that's yeah flips the switch and then i'm fighting for my life oh yeah <laughs> which i think like brings up another question that I know we've talked about, but I think is like really fun to kind of like debate about. Like, obviously, none of us have any, we have no say in when we get promoted. Right. Other than just putting in the time, showing up and, and like, you know, doing whatever we can to kind of like set a good example in the club and, and be good leaders in the club. But how, like, if you were to get your purple belt tomorrow, how would you feel about I that? Would, like, I'd be like, are you like ready I'd, to go? I would throw it back in the space and run out. <laughs> like, hi, you can't give it to me if I don't stay here. <laughs> I would, I would, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Absolutely. Not saying no. you deserve it. I'm not. No. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but like, it, I'm saying that, you know, like, I feel like there's you inter you encounter people sometimes where they're just like, oh, I can't wait to get this rank. Then you encounter other people where they're just like, get me off this during, track. During COVID, I, you're not rolling. We were, we were doing online stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I built a jujitsu gym in my basement 
Um, so sparring and rolling with my wife, who's, I think, three stripes yeah. white belt now. And she's come such a, a long way. Yeah. But when you're only rolling with somebody of that level, you get a false sense of how good you actually are. Yeah. And so during COVID, we weren't training. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'll probably get my purple belt by the end of the year. So I said to myself, <laughs> I did. And I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to get my purple belt. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. And then lockdown ends. Yeah. We go back and I get my ass handed to me. Yeah. And it wasn't even by Haas. It was just by other blue belts that are the same level as me. And right. Like, nope. Not even close. Yeah. And then we had another promotion uh, day and we had some purple belts get promoted or blue belts get promoted to purple belt rightfully so mm -hmm. and i'm rolling with them that day and i'm like they're levels ahead of me i'm not ready at all yeah and that was that yeah. one of those moments where that confidence as a blue belt you get plummeted yeah like you get humbled quick that's where we we bring it back to the the blue belt blues the blue belt blues yeah because you're just sometimes it feels like you're at blue belt for a very long time <sighs> yeah. i don't feel like that but i've heard that other blue belts feel like that i yeah i've I've been a blue belt, yeah, since 2019, so it's not even that long. Two and a half? Two and a half years. That's not long. Yeah. No. no. And some people are blue belts for five, six years. Yeah. Some eight Easily. years. Um, so it really depends on how much work you're putting in. But yeah, I, I had that moment of like, I think I'm ready. And then I'm I, get ready. My, I get my ass. I'm going to get my purple belt. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm going to go. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put some like purple rash guards in, in the cart. <laughs> I'll come back to it when I when I get my purple belt. No, and then you just get humbled, and then you question: Am I even progressing? Yeah. Have you hit a plateau? Before? Oh yeah. 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 I had a I had one at three stripe white belt. Yeah. I felt like I I hit a big plateau, um, and then I always feel plateau. Like it's like every other month, I feel like I'm in a plateau of blue belts. The week of getting my blue belt, you have those hungry white belts that want to have those oh, yeah. bragging rights of I tapped a blue belt mm -hmm. because nothing changed of like, I didn't change the week before or the week after no. getting my blue belt. Still the same person I was when I had four stripes on my, on my white belt. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's just, there's nothing that nothing changed and that confidence just gets plummeted if you get tapped by a white belt. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> it was more of a crank. No, oh, it wasn't. Really it wasn't really that tight. I let him, or you stop. Oh, or coach, like you get you the people that like, yeah, the people coaching from the bottom, where they're just like, oh, if you if you just adjust a little <laughs> bit more, I think you would have had that triangle. But it was yeah. more of a crank. Uh, just the worst. I try really hard not to be that per like. I try never to coach from the bottom or coach in general. Yeah. Like unless it was somebody who's like asked for my help. Like it, I really try not to. It is so humbling, and you feel like such a. You feel this big, yeah. Like one inch tall. If somebody asks you for your help, and you're genuinely giving them what you think is the right move, and then your black belt <laughs> is sitting along the wall, going, "No, no, no, no. what is that?" I try to preface any advice that I give, and I'm like, "Listen." If anyone higher than me tells you otherwise, listen to them. Yeah. I'm just telling you what like my very limited knowledge of what yeah. I understand of jujitsu at this point, which is shit. There's been a couple times where I've had to catch myself because I'm genuinely thinking, I think I know this. Yeah. And I'm trying to help. And it's not an arrogance or overconfidence thing. It's like, no, genuinely they ask me, I think this is the right way. And then a purple, brown, or black belt corrects me. It's humbling because I'm like, I thought I knew this. 
I really shouldn't be teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, and no, then our black nothing. belt goes from the corner. He's like, no, you shouldn't. Be <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's humbling. Those yeah, blue belt blues of yeah. getting correct. And that's another thing of jujitsu for these for people that are coming up is the amazing thing about sparring and rolling it's instant feedback it's yes. immediate feedback and that is one of the best things for my life that i outside of jiu-jitsu because sometimes you don't know the uh the effects of your choices later on down the road yeah yeah this is a, a perfect example of like immediate feedback how and being able to accept that you fucked up yeah and getting yelled at, not yelled at, but corrected but, by your instructor. Yeah, exactly. And, or, you know, your opponent catches you at something. Yeah, your opponent catches you. And one of the most humbling things is being caught as a man, being caught by a woman. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going there. It is. And it took me a while to accept. I'm like, man, this chick is getting good. And yeah. I got to I gotta be on my game. And there's been... I can't, I, lost count of how many times I've been submitted by you and another female uh, competitor at our gym her name's Quinn she's a purple belt and she was the first girl I ever trained with and Mm -hmm. she was she was like a two or three stripe white belt or blue belt when I first started and she's on mat leave now and she just had her second kid her second kid second kid and that chick is a bad bitch she is is. savage absolute warrior she was at a competition breastfeeding between matches yeah. he gets back out there and competes like yeah i saw that i'm like man She's i would very be so lady. proud to have you as my mom yeah. or my sister or like my wife yeah like, like and then i have my wife who's competing yes and never she's never been in any physical conflict in her life before because she's always kind of been hidden from that from her parents mm-hmm. growing up in a very sheltered home so seeing women become savages is really cool to see because we our women's program is leaps and bounds ahead of other gyms, I think. It's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. It has some growing to do, but it's it's coming along. And it's funny to see because we our gym, like I said, is shared with the uh, the weightlifters. And to see all the women coming in. Mm-hmm. And then we have these guys come in and say, I would never tap to a woman. And then watching them getting their ass handed to them, they either come back or yeah. they never return. And the thing about that too is that like, there's the other side of that as well, where as a woman, that can be dangerous as well. Because I've had guys where like, I've tapped them. Yeah. And then either the next time that we roll or, you know, later in that round, it's, you can feel them start to really dial it up. Yeah. Especially when they're in that kind of like, very early stages of white belt you know like color belts like they'll they've been in the sport long enough that they know to expect it yeah some white belt men do not expect it right and especially when they're sort of in this place where they're trying to figure out you know um how to actually do Mm jujitsu so they're using strength and jujitsu is designed so that you know not the strength doesn't matter but to as a famous quote to triumph over strength yeah. You know, to be able to use intelligence and use technique to outdo strength. Yep. And when that happens, it can be really scary because they'll try to dial it up on you the next time. So the question is, should brand new white belt men be sparring or rolling with women? I feel like that question is just too broad to answer. Yeah. You know, it's it's too complex because a lot of men are great training partners. Yeah. And I think that that does like... 
we shit on the men that are shitty training partners a lot, but yeah. I think that there's something to be said for like the men that are great training partners. Yeah. There's a quote that I like. It's uh, white belts with good intentions have injured more training partners than black belts with bad intentions. And I think it's mm. pretty accurate. It can be. It yeah. Can be, I, I've yeah. never been hurt by our black belt. Yeah. Other than if it was my fault. Yeah. There's things like I've been hurt during a round, but like yeah. it's accidental things that happen. You yeah. know, my knee bends out the wrong way. Yeah. It's, the, it's you never know, been like, malicious. No. It's never been on purpose. I have heard stories. Of, I'm not going to get into it, but I yeah. have heard stories about malicious black belts though. So yeah. it does happen. It does happen. But I think having a good training partner can make or break your progress. Obviously, For sure. Obviously, yeah. Right? And I do, it's hard to do it with just one, you know, like we're going over all the jujitsu cliches, but have yeah. you heard the one where it's, you need somebody better than you? And it's not a jujitsu cliche. I think it's like an everything like, yeah, but whatever, it's, but you need somebody better than you, somebody at the same level as you and somebody lesser than you. That's still coming up underneath you. That's called the training sandwich, the training sandwich. Yeah. I never knew that's what it was belt. called before. So a buddy of mine, uh, he's a brown belt. His name's Jared. He told me that he's like the training sandwich, someone that's, far superior than you, yeah. someone who's your level, mm -hmm. and someone who's obviously not as good. So then you could have defense, work on everything that you think works and be on defense at the same time in that round, and then work on your offense, Yeah, the training sandwich, which is great because if you're training strictly defense all the time and you get your butt kicked by higher levels, you're never going to have the confidence to go for a submission yes. or a sweep. You're yeah. going to be constantly in defense mode and then there's the opposite of if you're always smashing white belts, mm -hmm. you get that over like that false sense of security, overconfidence, and then once somebody that's just as good as you, what happens then? Yeah, your jujitsu gets lazy. I find. Yeah, I find because we go through different, you know, especially with the states of COVID and what trainings look like. Mm -hmm. You go through different stages where sometimes you might be only around people who are better than you. Sometimes you might only have access to people who are haven't had as much experience as you had. And there was a while where I was just training with the women, um, and I found parts of my jujitsu got really lazy. Which parts? I found like I was on my knees a lot while I was passing. Okay. So instead yeah. of really kind of getting up and like being confident and changing levels, I would just kind of like hunker down and smash pass through everything. Okay. Which isn't wrong. Gets yeah. the job done. Yeah. But against a more advanced guard player, it becomes a lot more complicated to do. Yeah. It's not serving you the same way that it is against somebody who doesn't have as complex of a guard. Right. And what does Haas say? Nothing good happens on the knees. Nothing good happens on your knees. Yeah. <laughs> in life and in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Yeah, it does get lazy. Um, did you? What about that attitude of the never quit attitude of <laughs> never tapping? Where does that come from? You think? Is For that, other... is that a man, only a man thing, or is that? I don't think so. No. Because I've seen. No, I, don't I haven't think really so. seen a lot of female. Like I think women are so much better at being humble and accepting defeat in jiu-jitsu and in fighting. I think the guys, <laughs> guys take it hard. I think it's, I don't know. I don't want to generalize too much. I wish, yeah, that's true. Um, because I think that like, I don't know, I, especially like the women that I interact with, I get everywhere from like women who are like, how do I be more aggressive? And they're just still trying to 
wrap their heads around like how to exert aggression on the mats yeah. to women who are highly competitive, mm -hmm. who scare the shit out of me, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like everything in between. Yeah. Um, and so I think that women are just like everyone else. Well, you get those like disparities between aggression and ego mm -hmm. and willingness to accept defeat. Were you ever scared coming to the gym? Um, coming up? Cause I'm sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Why? yeah. I think that sometimes um, I get nervous about sparring class when I look and I'm like, oh, this is a bunch of big dudes. Yeah, okay. You know? Yeah. And I think like for some women, they have a, um, they can kind of like maybe either communicate better than I can or they can um, have that relationship with the guys, but for whatever reason, it feels and I don't think that any guy would ever try to hurt me. So I need to be careful. This is very much all in my head and yeah. I'm aware of this, but I get nervous and I'm like, oh, what if they they go too hard with me? Right, okay. Or what if like I'm getting the better of them in technique and they really start dialing it up on me? Or, right. you know, what if they don't understand how to roll with somebody smaller and they're very skilled, more skilled than I am, even yeah. for some of them have white belts. And what if they really try to crank it up on me? Because I think you've established yourself at our gym as competent enough you're gonna, you can, hang, you can so. hang with the boys. Yeah, and I try to. Like, yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. Like, when I'm explaining my, my nerves, I yeah. try not to let that inhibit my training. Right. But I feel like I still feel it from time to time. I remember first when I first started training with Haas back in 2016, he was out of a, it was more of a mixed martial arts gym. It was called Next Level. And yeah. it was half, well, basically three quarters uh, Muay Thai and MMA. And then Haas had this little corner of mats and jiu-jitsu. And it was him, a purple belt, and a couple white belts. Mm -hmm. And every every time I came, I pumped my music. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go fight. <laughs> and then I got nervous yeah. because this purple belt and Haas, they just smashed me every single time. And that was such an ego check because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna learn how to fight. I know how to fight. And going all the time, I was nervous. I was scared um, because these guys are so much bigger and stronger than me, except somewhere. I don't know when that changed, but coming to bio, never once am I nervous mm. coming to train. It's exciting. It's a daily yeah. routine. Yeah. Um, I get nervous for some reason just because of the tournaments. And that's, yeah. that's what scares me. Yeah. Scare, I think scares, that's a big word. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like for me anyways, it's like, it's not something that I can't just like put in the back of my mind no. and still show up and do my thing, mm -hmm. but you still experience it. And I think that that's where a lot of, that's where that big choice comes in. You know, mm -hmm. when you experience something, are you going to react to it? Are you going to let it dictate what you do? Yeah. Or are you going to do the thing anyway? Right. You know, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people who are hesitant to compete, they get hung up on that feeling, mm -hmm. you know, and not everyone can put that out of their mind and just step on there and be like, I'm going to do it anyways. Exactly. Like I look at, I think Gordon Ryan's a bad example, but also <laughs> a great example. Uh, right. How do you get such elite confidence? Like how does, where does that come from? And is that him as a person 
or is that just his skill level mixed with that personality? I think it's both. His coaching environment. His coaching environment, his yeah. training, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's got to be a combination of things, to be honest. Yeah, because... Like, have you ever listened to, like, footage of them training for competition? No. And how John Danaher speaks to him? I've never heard Where He's, it. like, reading out the times, and he's like, he's like, eight minutes, Gordon Ryan. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's intimidating. I know, That's but it's also like empowering, I think, to yep. a certain extent too, to hear that and be like, oh yes, I have eight minutes when I'm Gordon Ryan. And I'm Gordon Ryan, <laughs> wow, yeah. So I think that that has something to do with it, but I like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to speak for <laughs> for somebody like that. It's true, and I, I follow him and I think he's got some positives, but I don't know if the positives outweigh the negatives. Yeah. Um, I learned something very good from him when it came to sparring and prepping for tournaments. And I think it helped me in this last one, uh, starting from the worst positions possible in totally. in uh, yeah. randori or sparring. You start from the worst position and work your way out of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best things to do and it really helped with my defense and your confidence like if you get caught okay you know what to do yeah because in my gold medal match of nogi one of my gold medals <laughs> i literally almost quit just because i was like man he's probably gonna get this really uh, yeah there's a moment in my gold medal match where you see him, my opponent, get into semi half guard. Mm. Like I'm on the back, I'm on my back. I get in, him into my half guard, and then he starts sinking into Dars, and he's long and he's lanky. And there's a couple seconds of I'm not moving. You just see me just kind of like freeze yeah. almost. And in my head, I remember thinking, well, after watching the, the replay, I'm like, I remember saying to myself, eh, he's probably going to get it. Oh. I'll just, I'll just, I'm like, I'm waiting to tap. So what did that do for your confidence while you were out there? Because you still end up obviously winning the match. Yeah, and getting I, I was literally like, okay, any, any time now. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. got to be the worst place it, you can be when you're was. competing. And um, I've had that in other areas of my life where I was competing for something at work and in the middle of this competition at Mm -hmm. work where I was having to do something physical in the middle of it I thought to myself I'm running and I'm like what am I doing here Mm. what they're not going to choose me right and I almost quit and then I end up finishing it and getting one of the best scores that anybody has seen in that competition in that aspect so here, when I'm waiting for this person to darse me, like I'm waiting for the choke to sink in. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to tap until he sinks it in, Yeah, is what I'm thinking. And, but I'm like, I've been here before. Uh, we have very talented uh, training partners. And one of our training partners, one of my training partners, his name's is uh, Stefan, or Stefan. He's he's gonna be a blue belt probably pretty soon, but he is built just like this guy. Mm-hmm. Long, he's lanky, he's very athletic, and he's darsed me so many times. Yeah. Like he's good, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, just pretend you're here with him. Yeah, just think you're with yeah. him. If if he was here, this is what he would do. He would sink his hips down. He would turn. He would do this, and he would lock your leg. That is not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> The guy that was sinking the Dars in went the opposite way of what he should have done. Oh. And then I was like, wait, I can get out of this. And then I, 
I just kind of put my hands to the floor and snuck out somehow. Right. It wasn't even a, an escape that I knew. It was just, this just felt right because he had no lock on the door. You were just aware of where the space was. I was aware of where the space, I uh, was aware of where his body was going. And I'm like, if I do this, I'm going to get out. And then mm -hmm. I got out, got on top, and I ended up choking him within, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 seconds of that. Nice. Of that position. So starting or at least knowing that you can get out of a bad position, yeah. I think has been very helpful with my game and my confidence. And that that goes to your your list of trust your training. Yeah. And when your training yeah. consists of being in the worst position possible, how can you say that you're nervous or how can you feel uh, that you can't get out of something when you've done it over and over and over again? Getting it's those true. reps in. Yeah. But yeah, I almost quit. That's so funny. I quit. It was so, it's such a weird, realization when you're in the middle of it like yeah, well i might as well just quit and, and i part of me was like hey fuck it and then the other part of me was like if i get out of this i'm gonna choke the shit out of this guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i did and yeah. it was the best feeling like, exactly my my favorite my favorite uh submission is rear naked choke and mm -hmm. that's that's the one i pulled off on him and i who was I talking to? I was talking to another blue belt at a gym. His name is John. And we were practicing rear naked chokes. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, nothing makes me feel better than just sinking in a choke <laughs> in nogi. Just feeling yeah. the arm slide under that chin. Oh, it's so awesome. And to win and to have it on video is always... It's really good. It feels nice. You can watch it back. Watch it back. Late at back. night. Oh. You're like, oh, I did so good. My, my wife is like, are you watching porn? <laughs> no, I'm no. watching me. <laughs> my own jujitsu matches. <laughs> my own jujitsu matches. Oh yeah, that was a good day. That it's so funny. Like at the end of the day, I was so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I I almost like I did cry after because I was just like just so full of emotion. I and I went up to Haas after. Um, you guys were kind of just helping clean up the bleachers and it was basically us, just mm -hmm. our team was just leaving. And I went up to him and I'm just like, thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your help. And Haas is not an emotional guy. He doesn't really show affection much to me. To you. <laughs> to me. <laughs> You're a different story. But all he did was put his hand on my shoulder and he says, I'm proud of you, buddy. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. I know you're not, but we'll get into, I, that, we'll get into, into that later. later. So but he <laughs> says something that I really agree with. And he said, you have no idea how little encouragement it takes for someone to keep going. Mm -hmm. Like when you want to quit or like I've seen people that are struggling mentally yeah. or in jujitsu, they just can't get it. Yeah. And they're like, fuck, I just want to quit. And yeah. No, no yeah. like it doesn't take a lot of encouragement to keep somebody going. And then having that reassurance or that just that pat on the back from your instructor, the person that you look up to the most. Oh, it's it's great. That is better than two gold medals. Yeah. Makes all the frustration of the day worthwhile. Yeah. Like you feel like that kid, like, did I do good? Like, did you good? Did I do good, Dad? Did you like it? <laughs> do you like me? Please tell me you like me. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's just, that's, and that's a good thing about jujitsu is our club, especially is very, everybody's so encouraging to each other. And that team environment is important because mm -hmm. that took away all the nerves Yeah. leading up. Like, obviously you're not going to get rid of everything the day of, but, uh, yeah, those, uh, those encouraging words are so important and it's, it's so funny. Jujitsu is so interesting. Fighting in general is, is 
it's a weird you go from trying to break each other's arms and choke each other to like okay timer goes yeah hugs yes like slap hands thank you yeah. thank you so much for helping me like you go from fighting for your life for five minutes yeah and you're you tell each other oh man you'll you almost caught yeah. Like, oh, yeah and i think like we're, we're almost coming up to the point where we're out of time and but i think that that's kind of Another good thing to remember about jujitsu and to as a person who's wanting to get into competition, mm-hmm. your partners and your opponents don't have a match without you. Mm-hmm. When you show up for competition, you're not only helping your own jujitsu, but you're helping like create more of a community and environment where other people can go out and have these experiences and learn and grow and be a part of it. Yeah. So even if you may not feel the most confident Mm -hmm. (laughs) the most ready like i think that you you should have a certain number of months under your belt before you sign up yeah but i think i think that's important to remember too is that like sometimes you just need to be the re like be the reason why other people sign up be the reason why other people step out of their comfort zone and have this experience and learn these same lessons yeah you know like be the reason why somebody else gets to have a match in masters three (laughs) you know purple belt like we we can't do jujitsu alone. Right. We either, we need teammates, mm-hmm. we need coaches, we need training partners, we need competitors. Without that, we don't have anything. A good piece of advice that I was given by another guy at our gym, his name's Dal. He's a really talented purple belt. He told me, because he knew I was nervous, and he's like, dude, the mats never change. I'm like, what does that mean? That's he, cool. I really like he that. He said, well, the mats are... The mats, yeah. they don't change. Yeah. You're you're going onto the same type of environment. The only thing that changes is the location. Yeah. And so I made a habit of, okay, same mats mm-hmm. in my head. And then when I'm looking across to my opponent right before the, the ref says go, I look them from the toes up to their head. Mm. And I'm like, okay, they have two legs, two arms, and a neck. Same as every other opponent I've ever had or trained with. Nothing's nothing's changed. It's all on me now to decide how it goes. So I think that's a good way of um, looking at it and ending on that note from my end. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So we kind of jumped right into everything. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. Which is awesome. I think that's that's great. Um, I think really quickly people at home what to expect from this podcast what do you what do you so the reason why we decided to do this podcast is because you and i argue all the time (laughs) (laughs) so we might as well record it (laughs) and people can experience it we don't agree on a lot of things we don't agree on a lot of things i think this is an interesting like this is a good first topic because like we uh we didn't argue a lot yeah i I fully expect to argue with you on this podcast and that's fine um (laughs) But I think that that's one of the reasons why I was excited to do this and wanted to do this is because I think that more conversations between different people need to happen. Yeah. And I think that jujitsu is cool because it often connects those people who otherwise wouldn't connect or have come from different places in their lives yeah. or have different opinions about things. And I think the more that we embrace that in each other mm-hmm. and embrace that about jujitsu, um, within reason, <laughs> but yeah. like, um, I think the more that we have these conversations and that we are around other people that aren't on the same page as us with some stuff, mm-hmm. um, the better that we become as, you know, people, as jujitsu practitioners, as athletes, as yeah. whatever. Yeah, I agree. Like jujitsu is special where in no other context could I think of that you and I would become friends. Yes. Yeah. 
I would agree with that. I really because we, we come from such different backgrounds, yes. and we'll probably get into it later on. Yeah, we don't have we don't episodes. have a lot of time left. But yeah, but no other context where we have conversations, and I learned through you and through all the people that we train with. I'm like, man, I'm so out to lunch in some areas, and <laughs> what I think and what I believe. Yeah. And, that's another reason why we're doing this is because it opens up conversation and it's mm-hmm. gonna help we help each other learn on the mats and off the mats and I think that's important because our our gym is very diverse. It is very diverse. Yeah. And we have people from all spectrums of the political spectrums and uh, from careers and jobs and upbringings and religious beliefs. So ages. Ages. Yeah. And like cultures and races like yeah religions none of that matters when you hit the mats and that's the cool thing about jujitsu and i think Mm -hmm. that's going to be the cool thing about this podcast is Mm -hmm. opposing views but there's we find middle ground a lot more a lot more i think i I think so yeah yeah i think that like often we find middle ground and even when we have disagreements we're able to like hear each other out and come to a conclusion exactly and i like i like having you tell me why i'm being stupid (laughs) (laughs) And enlightening me, I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And that's the important thing of conversation. I and think so. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. We'll figure out a schedule. Yeah. We'll come back to you guys again. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks. Peace. Bye.